Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's Stefan Gonick from singletosoulmate.me and we are starting our next Q&A call for the Single to Soulmate Breakthrough Program. So as usual, I have uh, both questions that have been emailed to me and I have people live on the call and I'll be sort of alternating back and forth answering everybody's questions. If you're live on the call and you phoned in, uh, you press star 8 to let me know that you want to talk and I'll go ahead and call on you at the first opportunity. And don't feel like you have to wait until I'm finished answering some other question to raise your hand. In fact, it's better if you don't wait and you go ahead and raise your hand while I'm answering the question so that you know, you're sort of queued up, ready to go. Otherwise, sometimes we can get long breaks. Um, and if you're uh, listening via chat, um, or online, I should say, if you're listening online, then you can communicate via chat. And the only thing to be careful of is that, for whatever reason, the software uh, cuts off your chat message after four lines, even though the chat box scrolls and you think you can do a longer message than that. So what, the way you deal with that is just type the first four lines, submit that, and then type the next four lines. Just keep doing that until you finish typing your message. So we're going to go ahead and get started. If anybody who's online is ready to go, we can start with you guys. So press star 8 or type your chat message, or I'll start with the first uh, email question. Um, okay, good. Okay, you're on. Hi, Stefan. It's Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hi. I emailed a couple of questions because I didn't think I would be able to make the call, but since I'm able to make the call, I just thought I'd, I'd uh, talk to you directly. All right. And yeah, then, yours was one of the – got your, I got your email question, but, yeah, go for it. Okay. So the first question I have is um, I had – my history was an emotionally unavailable father, uh-huh. and I was the, – the one recording about the one where – the family ends up on a big puppy pile in the middle of the floor. That one was really, really just uh, zeroed in on my issues. Yeah. And the part in the process of the universe sending back the image threefold, that one I had difficulty with initially, not at first. It was like I felt my heart just filling and a warm sensation. But then all of a sudden, it's like I got overwhelmed, like it was just too much. And I started feeling um, almost like a heartburn and um, resisting the whole thing. I just had to stop. Yeah. So first of all, it's great that the session, you know, works so well for you. Um, mm-hmm. And it initially felt really good. Right. And what can happen, though, what you were describing, uh, and you actually described a bit more in your email question. Can I read that part, what you said? Sure, sure. Okay, so you said that uh, you know you sent out to the universe this image of you know the the positive outcome essentially this sort of puppy pile thing and that, and then really having this loving experience 
you sent it out to the universe, uh, which then sent it back to you three times bigger. And he said, during this part, I felt my heart so full and warm at first, but as I stayed with it a while, I started to feel overwhelmed, like it was just too much. Then there was a burning sensation in my stomach, and I felt myself resisting the process. Right. Yeah. So what that usually means in a situation like that is that it was getting scary. Mm. Okay, so what's happening is that initially it feels really good and you're taking it in and you're, like you said, your heart was full and felt warm and and that's really good. And then sometimes as you keep taking it in, it starts to trigger other unresolved fears. Fears around, um, you know, being safe in it, in it, in it around intimacy, essentially. Okay. And and that's not a bad thing. It's just a, like, okay, there's other fears in there. And so what we do in that case is, as it's happening, see if you can get in touch with what they are. And you want to keep tapping, of course, the whole time. But if it starts feeling good and then it starts to get uncomfortable, just be, like, curious. Like, okay, well, I wonder what's coming up for me. I, I Rather than like- anything's wrong. Right. I feel like it's a fear of um, if I have a lot, then I have a lot to lose. Okay. Well, there you go. So that would be one of those intimacy fears is that if I have a lot, then I'm afraid I have a lot to lose. So all of a sudden, like the stakes feel high, it sounds like. Right. And in that case, uh, it's going to get scary to keep receiving, to keep staying there. And there's two ways to deal with that. So let's say you do get well, actually, there's a couple different scenarios. One scenario is you don't get in touch with what it is. You just it just gets uncomfortable, and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. So I like to I like to answer you know more all the cases so it covers um, your experience and other people's as well because that can happen. You know, like I say, it feels good initially, then you get uncomfortable in some way. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what it's about, um, just keep tapping on discomfort itself. So your case, you know, uh, you felt you would tap on feeling overwhelmed. You tap on it feeling too much, tap on the burning sensation in your stomach. So whatever you're experiencing, you just go ahead and tap on that. And either something will emerge or it will subside, one or the other. Um, you still want to keep redoing you know, that call because it's a powerful call for you. Okay. Um, so you know, it's, don't think it's going to keep happening every time that you'll, you know, they'll get uncomfortable. So you just want to keep coming back to it. Um, sometimes we just have a limit as to how much can we, we can receive in any one moment. That's another thing that can happen. Like I could take it some up to up for a while, and I just kind of hit my my limit, you know, my capacity in that moment. In which case, you go, okay, cool. I'll just I'll stop now then. And uh, it was great, you know, for as much as I can receive it. And again, I'll do it. I'll repeat this. And each time I repeat it, I can take in a little bit more. Now, if you do get in touch with what the fear is, like it was in your case, then what you do is um, make that a separate healing session. Like write okay. down the fears that come up. Uh, like you, came, you got in touch with one. Um, there may be more than one. Write them down and then make them their own tapping sessions. Because these are phase two fears. Right? Phase one is about breaking free of our negative attraction pattern. And anybody who hasn't watched the three phases of dating video should really watch it because it's really helpful. So phase one is to break out of the negative attraction patterns, mm-hmm. right, which is the unavailable parent thing that you're working on. 
Um, and then other, these other fears that are around fears of safety, fears of, like in your case, you know, like there's more to lose and things like that. Those are phase two fears. So you definitely okay. want to track those because like, ah, this is what's going to interfere with me being with my ideal partner. All right. Right. So um, you want to address that uh, as a separate thing. So, so does this all make sense? Yes. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Now, you had a second question that you emailed to me. Yes. Um, we could just take the opportunity since you're on, you're, you're on the phone with me. Okay, great. All right. Star 8, just to remind that there's a new person who just got on who's on the phone. If you're on the phone, press star 8 to let me know you'd like to talk. And you do not have to wait till we're done, that Michelle and I are done talking. Just you can raise your hand and then I'll just you know, know to call on you next. But anyway, you had a second question, which was, you said, in healing the inner parent, in one of the audios, this was done by tapping on the parent's tapping points. And you said, you have been doing this with you know, with the magic wand. Is it better to tap on the parent's points? Um, it, it doesn't matter that much one way or the other. You could have the magic wand tap on the parent's points. So essentially okay. saying that somebody else is going to tap for you know on the parents without you doing it, you could imagine doing it yourself. Um, the idea is that when you switch to dealing with the parent to kind of heal the parent, so the parent is able to give you what you want, which showed up in that particular audio you're talking about. Um, just know that they're getting tapped on. So yeah, magic wand is a good way to do it. That the magic wand is giving them all the tapping they need rather than you necessarily tapping on them. So do I first, when I come into the scene, do I first address the inner child and then go to the parent, or do I first? Yeah, okay. first address the inner child. So the uh-huh. uh, the process, <clears throat> this is a little different than what's in the program because I've been kind of formulating new ways to describe it. It's a, You can think of it as a three-step process. Step one is to connect with the inner child and help her or him um, release the pain of what happened. Okay. okay. That's like step one of the process. Step two of the process, where appropriate, and it often is appropriate, is to get into that healthy anger of standing up for ourselves and letting our parent know that it's not okay to treat me this way. All right. <clears throat> but you see, what happens is that when we get treated a certain negative way growing up, even though we don't like it or hate it even, it feels normal to us, right? Because right. I grew up with it, so this is like this is my normal. And then it makes it so that we are uh, overly tolerant of that kind of behavior as an adult. We're willing yeah. to accept that negative behavior in a way that other people would not, right? right? So standing up for ourselves and getting angry about how we're being treated and in particular letting the parent know that, no, this is not okay with me, is us declaring to ourselves and to the universe that I am no longer willing to tolerate this kind of treatment. So it's super important to do that second step. Okay. And then the third step is to give to our inner child what she or he was needing in that moment, either by reforming the parent, so the parent can, our inner parent, our internal parent can then give to our inner child what she or he was wanting or needing, or we can imagine an ideal parent do it, um, and or we can also have our adult self do it. And for the first step of connecting and helping the inner child release the pain, what exactly does that entail? 
that entails reliving the, mem the memory as a witness. So you see your parent and your inner child uh, in the memory. Okay. At the end of whatever happened, you go up to the inner child and you introduce yourself to her or him. And uh, you, ask, you ask how your inner child how she or he is feeling, and then you tap on those feelings. So if the inner child is feeling hurt and sad and scared, that kind of thing, then you would say, okay, you know, even though you're feeling hurt and sad and scared. You know, okay. And, you, and you, you tap with the inner child to, so the inner child gets relief from the pain. So in, in the borrowing benefits, when I'm going through the audio, when the person then starts to do their inner child work, do I, I just go into my own? At this um, you can do it either way. I mean, in pure borrowing benefits, you wouldn't. You would just tap along and not worry about it, you know, other than setting yourself up in the beginning, right? You replay your own memory before you start listening to the call, the recording, right. and then you come back to your memory at the end. Um, that works and that that works particularly well if it's if you share the same issue with the caller. Right. It also it also works well even if you don't. The other thing you can do is pause the recording and do stuff with the inner child along the way. That's that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, you can do that, sure. Okay, great. And there's three recordings from un, with un, around unavailable parents. So, um in the program, so mm -hmm. you know, they'll all be helpful. It's all, okay. you know, Kind of different variations of it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Thanks for volunteering so quickly. It's great to get the call rolling like that. I'm going to go ahead and mute you and uh, right. move on to the next person. So, like I say, if you're online listening, type your chat messages to me. If you're on the phone, type press star eight to let me know you'd like to talk. And uh, I guess I'll go ahead to the first email question. Um, it says, I'm a bit confused about the section at looking at our parents' negative traits. Are we tapping on the assumption that we may also have some of these traits? So the answer to that question is that the, the, the principle or theory here is that we become attracted to people who have the same negative traits as our parents. So it's not necessarily that we have the same negative traits, though they can't happen, unfortunately, but... More importantly, um, we become powerfully, subconsciously attracted to people with the same negative traits as our parents. So if you had you know, a super critical parent, you'll become attracted to, to partners who will also be super critical. Now, it's also true that you may become critical as well, because we do absorb how we're treated. Um, but that's not really the issue that we're worried about. We're more worried about... Uh, the fact that you're going to be attracted to somebody with the same negative traits as your parents. And then you want to do healing around that negative trait in the way I was just describing with Michelle, actually. And then um, what you'll discover is that if you thoroughly heal approximately three representative memories, young memories of, of your parents' negative trait in the way I was describing, that you'll stop being attracted to people with that negative trait. You'll also likely find that if you do happen to have the same negative trait, um, you'll you'll have it less. It will actually help you, like like I say, with the critical parent example. Not only would you stop being attracted to critical people, but you'll probably find that you're less critical yourself. But we don't. But we don't even have to worry about having the trait ourselves or not. That will just kind of happen naturally, 
that we will get less of that trait just by doing this healing work because we picked it up from the parent, our parent. So if we heal stuff around our parent, then we will be um, releasing that negative trait in ourselves as well. You don't have to try and do it directly. It'll just happen automatically. All right, so that uh, takes care of that email question. And now we have another phone person. Okay, you're on. Hi, Stefan. It's Anna. Hey, Anna. So I was thinking about the negative traits because I remember from the recordings that you said they would only be about two or three. So would you narrow it down? Or you, do you go through with the list of all of them? Well, <clears throat> There are negative traits. Oh, I guess I need. Hold on a sec. I got to mute the phone. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm sneezing. I don't want to blast people's ears there. Um. So here's the thing. When I say that. You know, you usually only have to deal with a couple of them. You usually only have to deal with a couple of them in terms of the traits that show up in your partners. So your parent might have, say, six negative traits, right? And what you'll usually find is you only one, two, or three of them will show up in your partners. And so you want to target those first. Whichever ones you notice showing up the most often in your partners are, is the one you want to tackle first. And then the second most second. Now, you may need to tackle some of the other negative traits later on in, in phase two because those negative traits may be things that cause you to have certain fears around being with your ideal partner. Right. So as you get in touch with your fears of being with your ideal partner, using that ideal partner exercise where you imagine your ideal partner standing in front of you and you notice the fears that come up, you may notice that some of those fears come from one of your other parents' negative traits then that might mean you have to yet, you know, address yet another negative trait. But you know, in the first phase where you're initially just wanting to break free from those negative attraction patterns so you never have to be with those kind of people again, you only have to address the traits that have been showing up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah thanks. Okay, yeah. And for whatever reason, if a parent has, you know, six, eight, I mean, one person said her her parents had 18 negative traits each. Um, for whatever reason, we only tend to have a, cu- a couple of them show up in our actual romantic relationships. I'm not sure why that is, but it just seems to be the case. Okay, but, thanks. <laughs> it's a relief, right? It's like, uh, that's the last week I was answering that question about the 18 traits. So, yeah, just mm. show up in your relationships. Okay. All right, cool. So I'll, I'll go ahead and mute you now, and if you have another question, you know, feel free to raise your hand again, because I don't have that many email questions this time, so we'll, we may run out early, and people are welcome to ask more than one question. Okay, thanks. Sure. Okay, so the rest of you on the phone, press star 8 to let me know you want to talk, and uh, go ahead and do it while I'm answering this next email question. Um, so this is an interesting one. Uh, but there may be other people with similar questions. It's not actually about relationship stuff. Um, this person wrote, I'm enjoying your home study course in the Q&A calls. I've been referring friends to your website and YouTube videos. Um, so first of all, thank you very much for that. Uh, these are my questions. 
can people do affiliate marketing for your products? And so the answer to that is yes. Uh, the sign-up form is actually on my, my general EFT website rather than on my single to soulmate website. So if you go to my other website, which is EFTalive.com, that's E-F-T-A-L-I-V-E A-L-I-V-E dot com, you'll see that there's an affiliate page on there, and you can sign up for the affiliate program and uh, market my product, which would be wonderful. Um, the next part of the question is, are you considering doing a program to teach coaches how to do relationship coaching the way you do it? And yes, I'd love to do both. So, and this is uh, by someone named Elizabeth. So the answer, Elizabeth, is uh, in the long run, yes. In the short run, if you're wanting to learn how to do the kind of coaching I do, what I would actually recommend you do is sign up immediately for this uh, live program that's going on right now. It's only been going on for one week, so you haven't uh, missed much yet. You know, it'll be easy to catch up. Uh, it's a 20-week program. It's called the Soulmate Attraction Intensive. And there's no way to sign up on my website. You'd have to contact me for this. Uh, I launched it recently, and it's now going. And in that program, I'm doing a lot of teaching. You know, there's much more time than in the Breakthrough Program. So there's a little bit of teaching in the Breakthrough Program. But in the Soulmate Attraction Intensive, I'm doing a lot more teaching, and it's also a lot more thorough than the Breakthrough Program. Breakthrough Program has essentially three modules over six weeks, and the Soulmate Attraction Intensive has, Intensive has six modules. So it covers a lot more blocks than the three in the Breakthrough Program. So it's much more thorough. So the best way to get training in, in how I do what I do at this point is to sign up for my Soulmate Attraction Intensive. And if you're interested in doing that, just contact me um, via email. Um, and we can talk more about that. All right, so that answers that question. And for those of you on the phone, star 8, let me know you want to talk. And for those of you online, just go ahead and start typing your uh, chat messages to me. And I'll just read them out loud for everybody to see them. And just limit, just make sure you, you split it up into four-line chunks because it gets cut off after the four, fourth line. Um, so I only have one more email question. So the people who are on the call, I really encourage you to go ahead and let me know you want to, you want to talk. And that includes anybody who's already spoken. Um, oh, so one of the online people wrote, Will there, be, will there be any future live calls that will be available to us? And the answer is yes. I do these every month. So during a launch like we just had, um, I do four in a row you know, weekly. Um, uh, I think this is the last one of the four. Um, but, yeah, it is. But, the, but I, I keep doing it every month. So you'll, you'll continue to have access to these live calls. And next time I do another launch, I'll do another set of four as well. You'll have four, in a, four weeks in a row like this. So this we've already done. This call is also counts as the May call. So the next call will be sometime in June. And it's not a regular schedule. I just kind of pick a day and announce it. So you'll get notified of the June call. Um, usually, you know, a few days to a week before the call. Right. So um, feel free to type more chat messages to people online. Press star eight. All right, good. So, okay, so I see the <clears throat> the phone person, but I'm going to go ahead and answer the next uh, email question, and then I'm going to come back to the phone person in uh, North Carolina. 
Okay, so this person actually has three questions. I can just answer one of the three to start, and then we'll switch back and forth between live and email. Okay, so first question is, when you break out of your negative attraction pattern, do you need to keep tapping on it? Is it like exercise where you need to keep doing it? So the answer to that question is, uh, no, you don't. When you have broken free of being attracted to somebody with a particular negative trait, you will never, ever again be attracted to somebody with that particular negative trait, assuming you did it fully, right? So if you did it partially, then you'd be less attracted. But if you did it fully, and you can always test the waters by finding people with that negative trait and see if you feel any attraction to them. If you feel zero attraction, so you, you, you successfully cleared that attraction to that negative trait, um, it's permanent and you never have to tap on it again. You're just done forever. So that's cool. And if you have multiple negative traits attracted, you just have to do it for each one until you've done them all, which at that point you're, you, you have completely broken free of your negative attraction patterns, and you never have to deal with that again, which is fantastic, right? And in fact, that is what, that's the definition of leaving phase one and entering phase two, is you've successfully done that. All right, so I'll come back to answer the other two questions, but now I'm going to go to the phone person. So you're on. Hi, this is Nell. Hey, Nell. And I don't have a question so much as a comment, which okay. is that this uh, this program, which I'm on the fifth week of, has been both much more difficult than I expected and also much more rewarding. And I, I really thank you for both the pro recorded program and for being available live for questions. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to hear that you feel like this has been really helping you a lot. It's, uh, it's very gratifying to hear that. Thank you. Yes, Want to share any specifics around that, around how the program's been helping you? Um, gosh. Well, I've sort of, I've taken a whole slew of issues from like seven to nine intensity to sort of more like three to five, which means I have a lot more work, but it's not going to be as hard to access it to work on it, all these yeah. things. It also doesn't plague you as so strongly. I mean, seven to nine is pretty intense. Three to five is is not gone, but it's a lot more manageable. Yeah, and some of the stuff, especially, I think I've done a lot of tapping, but not so much on anger. I kind of a scary thing for me and I I feel like I'm stronger and more grounded after yelling so loud I had to put the dogs outside so they wouldn't freak out. <laughs> That's great. That's I'm very very happy to hear that. Also, yeah, they, I yeah, go ahead. Go on. Okay. Well this is a separate thing sort of Oh well okay I just want to say about the anger work the anger yeah. work is so powerful. Um, you know, we we were all victimized in our wounds as child as children, and like I was saying a little earlier in the call, you know, there's a lot of benefits to doing the anger work. One is you become much more solid and grounded, and you feel strong, more strong, and you know, stronger and empowered, and you you you've gained the ability at that point to stand up for yourself in situations where it used to be hard or impossible. That's one big benefit to the anger work. And the other big benefit is the one I mentioned at the beginning of the call, which is you're telling the universe and yourself that you are no, no longer willing to tolerate this kind of treatment. And it makes a big difference. The universe responds, right? You know, you, you stop being treated that way. 
as far as being attracted to those people, but you also just, you know, if somebody does something like that, you just immediately step up and assert yourself. Like, no, hey, not okay. You know, don't do that. You know, you don't go along with it anymore. This is, it makes a really big difference. Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Was there something else you wanted to say? Well, I just, well, the other thing I wanted to say is that I I feel like it it takes a lot of guts to deal with that all, all these early life wounds and I just kind of wanted to commend all the other people who are still on this call after four weeks of for um for showing up and doing it I, uh I think I think we can make a difference in the world. You're right. You're right. Because we become you know as we do our healing that that there's a ripple effect and it spreads around to all the people we interact with. And it does take guts. This this is not for the, the faint of heart, this work. You know, this is for people that are willing to look deep within and and you know, sort of face and address and heal these, these deep old wounds. This is some of the deepest stuff you can do is you know, in healing our love lives we're we're tackling our, our deepest, most difficult stuff. So yeah. It does take guts and courage, and and it is the most rewarding thing you can do. So it's nice to hear you appreciate it. Everybody else is also going through the same same journey. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me feel less alone to think of everybody else out there doing the same stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. Sure. All right. Well, I can go ahead and mute you. And I'm going to go back to the next email question. And for those of you online, uh, feel free to type you know, type your chat messages without waiting. And if you're on the phone, press star 8 to let me know you want to talk. And you can do that without waiting until I'm done. So I'll just know that you're the person to call next. So the next email question is, can you please tell us more of how you were embarrassed by your previous exes? Um, if you don't mind sharing. I'm asking because I am horribly horribly embarrassed about my previous relationships. I feel like they're weirdos or cheaters or a-holes or freaks. Did your embarrassment help you to change? So uh, for those of you who heard my big why story, um, I was very embarrassed, particularly by my, by, you know, the, the, the relationship that was like the worst of a series of painful relationships that I had been in. Where it was like it was like the most unhealthy and uh, the most dysfunctional of all the same theme, basically. And it was embarrassing. Prior girlfriends, I at least, you know, you know, I, I would, <clears throat> you know, I, I felt okay referring them to my girlfriend. But that last one is like I was, I was embarrassed that I was, had been in a relationship with her because I just felt so unhealthy and dysfunctional. And what I got from that was motivation to address it, right? It's not so much that uh, it helped me to change. Well, it helped me to change in the sense that I looked at it, I looked at that relationship and went, oh, my God, that was so bad. I need to do something about this, you know, basically. So it was a, a huge mo- motivator for me to take action, I guess would be the, my final statement about it. And uh, the person who asked that question just raised her hand, so I think you want to add something. So I'll go ahead and call on you. Did you want so to add Stefan, Yeah. Yeah, I was, what I was going to ask was, my ex is embarrassing me. Look, this is an awful problem I'm having. 
and I just really want to motor my life. If I continue to tap, would my vibrational energy be different to his? Would that just automatically remove him from my life? Because I mean, people are still slagging me over it. It's this is going on for over a year. He just keeps showing up where I am, and it's in front of other people. And I, I can't tell him that I don't want any more contact with him. But he's very clever because... Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did you say you cannot tell him or you did tell him that you don't want contact? Um, I didn't actually say... It. I, I, I did one time. He asked me that I tried to ring him and I said no. I mean, isn't that enough? He keeps uh, doing this, but it's... Yeah, I would say this is, this is one of these, um, you know, growth opportunities where it... Uh, it makes sense for you to tell him that you do not want to have any more contact with him. I'm after blocking him off Facebook now. Himself and his sister, the two of them are doing this. It's like a form of stalking. But in the, it, it's, being, it's getting worse and worse this past yeah. year. I would, say, but I would it, say tell him directly. I'd have to say it in front of everybody. Well, whatever. And you create know, a scene. You can also send an email and say, look, this is, you know, but then he will say, what do you mean I was only being friendly? And it will just look like I was imagining it. That's what I'm afraid will happen. But it is actually frightening him, me. Yeah, just tell him you don't want contact. It doesn't matter if he's being friendly. just want to be friendly. Say you do not want contact. I mean, that's all you can do. Um, and one of the things that will happen, too, is as you do the healing work, um, he's going to be less impactful. Okay. One of the reasons why people continue doing what they're doing is, is that they, they get a reaction from you, and there's something satisfying about that to the other person. And when we stop reacting, then they're not getting anything out of it anymore, and they, after a while they give up. Initially, they'll escalate a bit more. It's like, oh, you're not reacting to this? Well, how about this? <laughs> you know? And okay, well, how about this? And you keep not reacting, they, they, then they give up. It's like, all right, well, forget it. You know, this is not fun anymore. You know, this is not this is not gratifying anymore in whatever way it's been gratifying. So it is important, I think, if you if you don't want contact with X, to be very clear and explicit. Like, I do not want contact with you. You know, I want you to stay away from me. Uh, and um, obviously, you can't control his behavior beyond that. But as you tap and clear all this stuff out, eventually you'll stop being reactive to him. I just feel that with that relationship, I was only settling. I I feel sorry for myself that I would settle to that extent just because I thought nobody would ever commit to me. Yeah. So what you want to do is have compassion for yourself. I mean, yes, I was embarrassed that I had been with that woman because it was so such an unhealthy situation. But she wasn't a bad person, and I wasn't a bad person. It was just simply that I had my own you know, emotional unhealth that caused me to be attracted to somebody like her with her emotional unhealth. And and my embarrassment about that is what motivated me to make to, to change, right? To not to change, but to get help, to to try and heal this stuff and ultimately change. And now looking back on I don't feel embarrassed anymore. I now I feel glad that it was as extreme as it was because that's what helped me see what was going on and take action. Okay. So if you feel like you settled, just have compassion that, you know, you at that time, you were at a place in your life where you didn't think you could have better. But you're already different now, aren't you? 
I'm I'm much different now. I am grateful for the work that we've done together. I feel different. I wouldn't ever settle like that again. I wouldn't do that to myself. But what I'm still carrying with me is the fact that he dumped me because he said he didn't want to be leading me on. He was very cocky. Okay. And I'm I'm carrying this anger towards him. I mean, even though he's the one stalking me for a year, right. you know, just the way he so flippantly dumped me. Like, what way was I behaving? I, I must have been behaving, like, very pathetically. So grateful that someone would hang around. Right. And then, well, look, you had, one of the wounds you deal with was having an emotionally unavailable parent, which is a very common one. And so that's going to create an abandonment fear, an abandonment wound. Yes, So yeah. People in that situation, and I mention it because there's so many people in that situation, um, when we get broken up with, no matter what the circumstances are, it triggers our abandonment wound. And that's the thing that's happening. Well, you see, when he broke up with me, because I'm used to breakups, I handled it very well. I agreed with the breakup. And now it's after, but that was only from experience. I said, yeah, that's grand. But then he got very upset because I wasn't reacting. But... Throughout the break, throughout the relationship, I think I was just so happy that anybody would stay with me. Yeah. I was acting pathetically and overjoyed. Right. You know, and I am. I'm both angry with myself. I'm angry that I behaved that way. I'm angry that I settled. I'm angry that he had the satisfaction in dumping me. But, but here's the thing. But. Uh, None of this stuff is your fault, okay? You know, I know what, what your, all the things your mother did. None of this is your fault. None of, none of where we were at is any of our fault, right? It's the natural outcome of our childhood experiences. It is not our fault. At the same time, we're the only ones who can do anything about it. So it's our, we, we, have respons- we have the responsibility of choosing to take action and do the healing that we're doing. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to do that. So instead of being mad at yourself for, for being willing to settle and all these other things you said, have compassion for yourself that that was a natural outcome of your childhood. You know, anybody with a similar childhood would have been in similar situations. So I encourage you to have compassion for yourself around that. And just go, you okay. know, I, I'm, I'm, I am so glad that I am now doing the healing work so that I won't do those things anymore because I'll be so much healthier. It wasn't my fault I, that I had that unhealth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's my, and, but it is my doing that I'm getting so much healthier, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now, I also think that my anger towards him and my embarrassment and my anger and people who keep slagging me is still bringing him in my life. Yeah, I think it's keeping you, an energy there. It is, you're right. So as you so do what, healing, it's going to take the ill... It will cut that that cord, the energetic cord. Okay. Module three of the Soulmate Attraction Intensive is all about um, re- healing past relationships, releasing past partners. Okay. Now, for those of you who are not in the Soulmate Attraction Intensive, like Anna is, um, I didn't have time. You know, I didn't have a place for that in the breakthrough program. Um, so, but I do encourage you to do. Um, a process to release past partners. And, and the quick version is imagine that partner standing in front of you and just mm-hmm. start venting all the emotions that you have 
to the partner, not about the partner, but to him or her. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling hurt by you know all the all the ways you still feel any leftover hurt from that relationship, express that hurt to your ex-partner while tapping. If any fears you have, express the fears and tap on them. Any anger you have, vent the hell out of that anger and tap on it at the person. You just keep tapping on all the feelings that are left over from that relationship until they feel done. Mm-hmm. That's, a quick, that's a quick version. So for all of you in the Breakthrough Program, I really encourage you to do that if you find yourself in a similar place as Anna here. Okay, thanks. I'll do, I'll do a session later on yeah. that. And Anna, you can go ahead and start doing that now before we get to Module 3. That's perfectly fine. Okay. Don't yeah, I'll do that, yeah. In order. So, all right, cool. It would be good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that would be very good. All right. So um, I'm gonna, we have another phone question, which is fantastic. Um, but we also have an email question. I'm alternating. Um, so this question, which is actually the last email question, is what comes up for me a lot is a song I had for myself when I was crying a lot as a child. I kept a crying toy, and I called him my, my crying toy so I could cry a lot into him. I can't remember what I was crying over, but something bad always happened when I was out with my mom like a bean or something, will I tap on the song I use to sing to myself? Um, if it helps you to get in touch with your feelings, then that's a great thing to do. Um, if it's comforting, it's a great thing to do. If you're uh, having an easy time getting in touch with your feelings, then it's not, you know, it's not something you need to do. But um, you know, anything that gets us in touch with our heart, anything that provides comfort is great for everybody. Whether you have a a toy or a stuffed animal or a or anything. Um, those are all great. Um, another really cool thing to do is if there's any person that you've ever had in your life that you felt really loved by, even if that person wasn't in your life that much, you know, like there's a special relative you only saw once in a while, but you just felt really loved by that person, you can bring that person in, either in the first part of the healing process where you're helping your inner child relieve the pain, or um, at the end, where the inner child is receiving love, you can bring that, that loving person in to give your inner child even more love from somebody that she or he already received it from. All right, so there's another uh, phone person. You're on. Hi, Stefan. It's Michelle again. Hey, Michelle. Hi. Um, my question has to do with, actually, um, right before I started the program, I had met someone. And this was about three weeks before the program, but right about the time when I subscribed to your emailing list. Uh-huh. And I thought I was probably in a stage two dating. And you did mention in my earlier phone call that it sounded like phase two fears that I was experiencing. Uh-huh. And uh, with this person, uh, we're not in an exclusive relationship yet, but we're, you know, we're exploring that possibility. But we've both opened up that we do have fears, and we both have fears around closeness. Uh-huh. But we've both said that we are willing to work on these fears because we do want to be close. Right. So most of the time I think, well, it sounds like he's in stage two as well. But then I start to get, sometimes I start to get fearful and think, well, but what if this is really, I'm back in stage one and he's really emotionally unavailable. So like how do I really know the difference? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, meeting somebody before you start the program makes it, you know, more likely that they're still a, a phase one type attraction. If he if he has a lot of fears around intimacy, that's going to make it hard for him to be emotionally available 
Um, the, but the good thing that I'm hearing is that he's talking about it, and it sounds like he wants to work through these fears. So in a way, it's kind of an in-between situation, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, um, the starting point would be attracted to emotionally unavailable men. The end goal would be to be attracted to a very emotionally available man who's not just a wanting to be available, but is fully available, right? There's no block there for him. Right. And in between those two would be somebody who's kind of unavailable, but is aware of it and is working on it and wanting to be well, open. And that's that's kind of where I am right now. Right. Yeah. So typically we meet people at the same overall, or I should say we get involved with people at the same overall level of emotional development as ourselves. Right. So if that's the place where you're at, that's probably the place where he's at too. Mm-hmm. Um, though you're early enough that we don't know what's going to happen yet. You haven't actually got involved yet. Right. Um, you know, I always encourage people not to date during the program because you're going to get much better experiences if you hold off and wait till afterwards. Right. But you have, it sounds like you have a growth partner at the very least. Yes. Yes. And okay. that can be kind of cool if you're willing, you know, if he's open to doing, you know, healing exercises together and stuff like that, then you're in a win-win situation. You have somebody you can practice with, somebody who you can do some healing work together, and at the at the at the very least, you'll come out of it better, right? You'll have done more healing, more growth, and you'll be in that much better of a position for the next relationship. And that's like that's the least, and at the best, you guys just keep growing and healing together, and you have this wonderful, you know, unfolding, blossoming relationship. That was the next question. If a couple meets at this stage, is there the potential to move forward together? There is that possibility if they're both people are truly both really into that. Okay. Some people, sometimes people say they are, and then when push comes to shove, they don't actually do it. Like I have right. another client where she met this guy also kind of early, and um, he said all the right things. He says, oh, yeah, I'm really into growth and and stuff like that. But then when the first thing that happened... Uh, you know, he showed that he wasn't. <laughs> so right, it, it didn't really work. So it's kind of like the fact that he's saying so. It's, you know, sharing that he has fears and and talking about it is a good first sign. And then the proof is in the pudding. You know, okay. is he willing to actually do some <laughs> interesting, good exercises together? Right. Right. And you, know, you mean like what kind of exercises? Do you mean like the tapping? Or? Well, you could you, anything, anything that's healing, oh. growth, growth oriented, right? It's just a matter: of, are you willing to, you know, walk your walk yeah. the talk, right? You okay. say you're interested yeah. in this, but are you are you actually willing to do it? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's you, just only time will tell. <laughs> right, but you can also do it sooner rather than later. Like one of my favorite relationship books is a, a book called Conscious Loving by Gay and Kathleen Hendricks. Okay. Like my relationship bible. And uh, in the back of the book, there's all these exercises. You know, so you can, like, get the... I, first of all, I recommend everybody get that book. It's a, it's a great book. It, you know, it really shows you what's possible in, in a really healthy, enlightened style of relationship. Um, and the exercises are good. So it's like, all right, you know, you say you're into this stuff. Would you be willing to do one of these exercises with me? Right. <laughs> I got this cool book. You want to try one of these? And if yeah. he goes, yeah, that'd be great. Then you go, okay, I that this is good. If he goes, oh, uh, well, hmm, uh, I'm not sure. Well, let me see. Uh, you know, then it's like, well, look, let me just let you know that you know I am very growth oriented, 
and it's a I place a very very high value on being with a partner who's also very growth oriented. So I'm looking for somebody who would give me an enthusiastic yes to the idea of doing an exercise. Yes, especially since we have this block right now in the way of closeness. Exactly. So if you know, I'm interested. I'm willing to continue if you are a person who's really interested in doing this healing work together. Then great. But if you're reluctant or not really interested in actually doing it, doing it, not just talking about it, then uh, then we're really not right for each other. Right. You think about your ideal partner. Is your ideal partner a growth-oriented man or a not growth-oriented man? Yes. I mean, especially when there is an issue or a block. Yes, definitely. And there's going to be issues for the rest of your life. My wife and I are are still on the growing path together. We continue to do stuff together. So when I wrote my partner vision, near the top of the list is somebody who's into personal growth and and wanting to work on her issues as I'm working on my issues as we are in a relationship together. Because getting with getting together with somebody is not the end of the destination, it's the start of the next chapter. You will continue to have stuff come up. Right. Yes. So, you know, if if that's really important to you, and I'm guessing it is since you're in a growth program. Yes. Um you know, I'd put it on my partner vision and I'd be checking that pretty early on and then, you know, exploring a new relationship. Okay. Um, like, I'll, I'll give you an example with my wife. You know, we'd only been dating for a couple, uh, couple of weeks and she uh, asked if I'd be willing to meet with her therapist. Not that we were having any problems, she just wanted me to see yeah. if I was willing to meet with him because her, her ex-husband had been very unwilling to do couples counseling. So she had vowed for herself that, you know, Anybody I'm really serious about, I want to know up front, are they willing to do couples counseling if we ever have any issues? And so I said, sure. I'd be very happy to meet your therapist. Cool guy. So. <laughs> and we made use of him later on, you know, as, over the years. You know, we, we, we got help sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And we're both therapists, right? So it's just because <laughs> you work with people doesn't mean you don't have any issues and don't need any help yourself. Right. All right, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, we have another phone person. Hey, Anna. Stefan, it's me, Anna. Again, I'm sorry if I'm dominating the call. If there's other people who would like to talk, I mean, I'm okay with that too. But if it's quiet and if you don't mind me talking, then that would be helpful. If anybody wants to talk, they press star 8. And right now, nobody has pressed star 8. So let me just say, though, take an opportunity to mention that. For those of you who are either listening on live, uh, listening live on on the web, and you want to say something, just go ahead and type your chat messages in uh, four line chunks. And for the rest of you who are on the phone, press star eight to let me know you like to talk. And you do not have to wait till Ann and I are done talking. Go ahead and just press star eight. I'll raise your hand and I'll know to call on you next. So okay, go ahead, Anna. Okay, I was talking about my memory that I had this song made up, uh-huh. but. I don't know if my email read very correctly there, but I'm just very tormented by it. I can't I can't remember the events that led up to it, but it happened many times, and there was nothing soothing in it. Oh, okay. This was a so, a pain song. It sounds like it. It was a pain song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, that's one of the and, advantages of calling in is that you can clarify questions. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a pain song, a pained time, and I was always looking for a crying toy because this is what happens when your parents are 
the person who's abusing you, the person who's meant to give you that care, and then yeah. there's nobody there to care for you. Yeah, that's that's one of the one of the most wounding parts of of all these painful things that happens happens with our parents is exactly what you just said is that the very person that's supposed to be comforting us is the one who's hurting us, and there's nowhere to go to get comforting, and so we're we are left alone and isolated in our pain. Yeah, that's the way I was then, and sometimes it happens to me as an adult. What I was doing was just crying on my own. I can't remember why. It was very painful. I made up a song that was trying to soothe myself, Yeah. and I had this toy. I'm I'm still tormented from it, and I would like it to stop. So you're tormented because you hear the song going through your head? Is that what's happening? Yes, yeah. Okay. So what I would do is... Consciously, intentionally, not not when you're triggered by something, but just like, you know, like after we get off this call or whatever, just pick a time and just voluntarily start hearing that song in your head and tap on it. Mm-hmm. Decharge that song and follow it with something good, like the kind of thing when you would end the session where your inner child gets gets love and attention and stuff. So uh-huh. just start. Hearing a song which is going to be which is associated with pain, because you don't want that song to like torment you. Yeah, it's, so it's you going around in my head now. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, just hear it, you know, like choose to do it, choose to to bring it up into your head. Yeah. And just keep tapping on it until you've decharged that song. Okay. That'll help. And then bring in a happy memory, either a ma- even a made up memory. Yeah. Something. Yeah, just something. Or made up thought. Yeah. So it's like uh, a loving parent, you know, an ideal parent, um, you know, this support person. Like I know you have a support person. You can use that. Anything to give your inner child some loving attention and you. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for answering all my questions. And I'm sorry for hogging. It's okay. Hey. Okay. Okay. Bye. I've had to end the calls early because people weren't, nobody was asking any questions. So. Oh, that's okay. okay. <laughs> no problem, and you're very welcome. Thanks. Sure. Okay, we got five minutes left. There's a bunch of people on the phone. Press star eight if you have a question. If you're listening online, type your chat message. And uh, I'm starting my 60-second countdown. But if nobody raises their hand, then we'll just end the call. So I started my timer. So star eight if you want to talk. Type a chat message if you want to communicate that way. Hey, Anna. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm back. Hey, you're the only okay. one asking questions, so great. Go for it. Well, look... If if nobody, I hope people don't mind if if they want to talk. I I I won't ask. But since I have questions, and if nobody well, minds, I'll continue asking. If anybody raises their hand now, I'll I'll go ahead and give them preference star eight. But um, but nobody's raising their hand, so, so let's go for it. Okay, my friends who know about my ex are getting great pleasure in tormenting me. The fact that I was with him. This is going on for over a year, like I've said, and they still love slagging me off. Uh, and how do they Obviously, do, how do they oh, just the stuff they say, oh. You mean like, are they like teasing, you, teasing you kind of statements? Yeah, and they just slag how ugly he is. Like some of the good comments are he could have been part of the Adams family. 
the list goes on and on, right? And okay, so do you ever tell your friends that um, it hurts when they say stuff like this and you want them to stop doing that? I didn't say it because I thought it was better to try and ignore it. Well, if they've been doing it for a year, apparently they're seeing some kind of reaction on your face. They are. If I could stop reacting, I think it's better than to say stop. Like, because well, no, I think I that's would, just... I think you have a pattern of not speaking up for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So in your case, I would encourage you to just look them everybody in the eye and say, look, this hurts when you do this, and I really want you to stop doing it. Right? And, <clears throat> you know, as my friends, you're causing me pain. So just tell them that straight out, right? You're my friends. When you keep teasing me this way, it's causing me pain. It's not funny to me, and it hurts, and I want you to stop. So just take it very seriously and just tell them that. And people go, oh, okay. no, no, just kidding, kidding. And you go, I understand. Yeah. I know you're just kidding, but it hurts me, and I want you to stop. I need you to stop. <clears throat> and if you stand up for yourself, uh, this is one of these cases where you're, you're making a boundary. <clears throat> Sometimes it's <clears throat> the case where you, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, you want to not react, and then they'll give up. But in other cases, you want to establish a boundary and enforce a boundary. So with, with, in this case, you know, and then your friends will know that you're serious and to stop, you know, kind of walking over your boundaries. So mm-hmm. in, in your case with your friends, I would I would handle it differently than him. Him is different because he's not a friend. So it's not about him respecting, you know, I mean, I would say, you know, tell him. I don't want you to be in contact with me. But it's hard to enforce it with him. With your friends, you know, I would tell him straight out, like I said, look, you guys are my friends. I want you to, I need you to know that when you do this, um, it's actually hurting me. It's causing me pain, and I need you to stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll make excuses. Oh, Anna, we're just kidding. I was we're only playing. joking. Like, da, da, da. We're only joking. Da, da. And you say, okay, I understand. You're only joking. But this kind of joking hurts me. So I need you to stop. Mm-hmm. And if you continue, I'm going to walk away. You know, I, I don't want to be around that, that kind of joking. And then you have to enforce it. So if in the future they do it, you 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 say what's happening. You say, "I asked you not to. You're still doing it, so I'm leaving," and you leave. I mean, I could just as easily slag them about their choice of part of now, men. Now that's that's retaliating. What we want to do is have. I, I, I wouldn't do that, but right. So you want to just have a possible. clear boundary, and then you want to enforce the boundary. And okay. going be, there's going to be great value for you doing that. Um, first of all, it's going to help you have a better situation with your friends. But it's going to change your your relationship dynamics with everyone. Because if you if you don't feel like you can stand up for yourself and have boundaries, then there's you're not going to be able to do it with anyone, and a lot of people are going to cross your boundaries. When you yes, start definitely. when you start establishing your boundaries and in particular of enforcing them, because people won't take you seriously initially when you first start establishing boundaries because they know that you never enforced them before. But when you start having them and enforcing them in particular then people are going to start respecting you more and they're going to stop crossing your boundaries so much. Okay, that'd be that's great be, practice. And that's going to be really good in, when you have a next, your next romantic relationship. It's going to be super important. So I really encourage you to do that. Okay, I will. Thanks very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. And that's important for everybody. Anybody, who, So this, is, this applies to all of you who have, who have a hard time with boundaries. It's super important to, be, to get to a point where you feel really very solid in your ability to express and enforce your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And until you do that, you're going to be struggling with boundaries your whole life. 
once yes. you're good at it, then the whole boundary thing, the whole boundary struggle is going to mostly go away. Yes, definitely. All right, cool. Okay, thanks, Stefan. Very welcome. Okay. Okay. Yep, sorry. Right. I cut you off. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye. All right, cool. We got we went all the way through with no with no uh, big gaps. Uh, so uh, this was our last of uh, the weekly calls, as I said earlier. But we still are going to have monthly Q and A calls. The next one will be in June. And uh, it was wonderful answering all your questions. Uh, I love doing that. I, I really love being of service and to help you guys. And uh, keep tapping away, and you will get the love life that you want. So I wish everyone the love you most want and all the best. See you on the next call. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.